Hey everybody, it's Brianna from All In The Fam, the certified, fresh, all-inclusive, unfiltered podcast. If this is your first time listening to All In The Fam, I always say welcome and I hope you become a part of the fam by the end of this episode. If you didn't catch the previous three episodes, make sure you go check that out. We did a three-part series called Mixing Passion with Professionalism, where I picked the brains of three young professionals who happened to be three friends of mine. I spoke to Diane Pejo, Johanna Gaday, and Camille Fairbairn. So make sure you go check out those episodes because... I got to understand what they love and what they do and how they combine that within their work. Um, And just hearing their stories and their reflections and their feedback and advice was really eye-opening. So make sure you go check out that series called Mixing Passion with Professionalism. It's a three-part series. So we're going to continue with the season. um, And the, the... the topic of the season is Adulting 101. So we're going to continue with that today and talk about hustling. So today's episode, I speak with Anna Garrett. Anna and I are previous co-workers um, from Potbelly, and we're going to talk about how we worked our way up to where we are today. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting, you know, in America right now with the pandemic going on, COVID-19, there's layoffs left and right. So this episode is so relatable to the times right now. And a lot of us in the early 20s, we have to hustle. You know, in my early 20s, I was doing Uber and Lyft, coaching basketball and soccer camps in the summer. Um, I was working at sandwich shops. I was working in retail. Whatever I had to do to make a dollar, I had to do. And hustling isn't always so glamorous, but sometimes hustling can lead you into a a job or career or a passion that you didn't know you really had. So we're going to unpack that in today's episode. Um, So yeah, let's get into it. Let's see what Anna has to say. Anna, welcome. I'm so happy you're here. Me too. It's so good to see you. (laughs) Yes. So how have you been? It's been a while. Busy. (laughs) Um, Lots has happened in the past, what, five or six years? Mm -hmm. Um, It's been a pretty wild ride, but, you know, just kind of trying to um, navigate through everything going on in the world right now and stay busy and stay motivated and stay active, stay active in the community. Um, Obviously, we're not doing live events right now, so it's been kind of a weird, you know, toss up for people in my industry, but uh, in our industry, really, with, Mm -hmm. you know, media in general, but um, but I'm doing good, you know, just staying afloat and staying creative. Awesome. So for the listeners listening, me and Anna met at Potbelly. We were making sandwiches. You were my boss. <laughs> so um, how long were we working together? Do you remember? So we, um, let's see, I think I left in 2016. And so probably like maybe two years, like okay. a year and a half, two years between like 20, I don't know exactly when you started, but if, 2015, 2016. I think it was 2015. Yeah. Yeah, it was 2015 because that's maybe when like I went year. back to COD. Mm-hmm. It feels like a century ago. I know. And I don't <laughs> think I've seen you since you left though. No, but you've been to Metro. I just haven't yeah. been there when you were there. I know. <laughs> I feel like we keep on crossing paths when we're in Chicago, but yeah. we're never actually like you know, in the same place at the same time. Mm-hmm. But I'm so glad you're here. Um, as you know, I'm like your biggest fan on Instagram and I totally <laughs> support what you're doing right now. You're um, can you tell us like what you do right now? Yeah. So um, currently I'm employed at Metro Smart Bar G-Man Tavern. Um, a lot of people probably know it as the Metro. Um, so three venues up on the north side in Wrigleyville, uh, historic venues really that I'm super blessed to, to be with. But uh, I'm in marketing and PR for all three clubs over there. Nice. Um, I also do um, some side work too, some freelance stuff. Uh, I'm involved with um, a local festival that's like Americana, folk, bluegrass kind of oriented um, that's out in Mantino um, called Shoe Fest. And I do marketing and social media director gig for them. I also again just staying busy <laughs> like to do as much um, production freelance work on the side too. So anything from like artist relations to hospitality to um admin work which is like the office work associated with festivals Mm -hmm. and really anything across the board so right right so 
you are what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> I know you're only, what, two years, two and a half years older than me? You are what I want to be when I grow up. So um, I don't know if you know this, but even though we worked at Potbelly and we just made sandwiches, like you were honestly a role model. To see your work ethic and to see you just bust it out on the line and make those sandwiches, <laughs> but be an amazing manager at the same time while going to school full-time, paying for college out-of-pocket yourself, and just see you grind and just work those long hours. And I was in the same boat. you know. I was at COD, and I wasn't where I wanted to be. I was upset that I had to transfer from an amazing school, DePaul, and go to a community college, which I actually love community college. I'm not going to dog it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just kind of like down in the dumps when I started at Potbelly. And then seeing your work ethic and your outlook and your positive view on where you wanted to be in life, like I looked up to that. So I just wanted to say that. Um, and that's why I asked you to be on this podcast. So um, that means a lot. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> so <laughs> clearly, neither of us wanted to stick with Bob Billy. Neither of us yeah. want to be making sandwiches for the rest of our mm-hmm. life. And Dustin for greater things. Right. So you're in media. I'm in media. And we just had to hustle to get where we are right now. So was there a point in time where, like, since you had the hustle, was there a point in time where you doubted yourself a bit like you didn't think that oh man maybe I'll just have to settle yeah um and it's funny you say that because like when I tell when I talk about kind of my beginnings in the industry like I always touch on this part because it's in I I think it's just kind of important to me Mm -hmm. um to like honor sort of like the struggle um because there definitely was a struggle there was definitely doubt involved um especially coming into like an, an industry like the music industry where like, it's all about who do you know and how connected are you and, yeah. you know, things like that. And I didn't really know anyone coming in. I literally kind of just got scouted by some incredible people who ended up being mentors to me. But um, I would say, like, the first few years um, was just a straight-up hustle. And, like, I started out um, uh, as, like, a street teamer, which, for people who don't know, you're basically, like, a freelance promoter that just does, like, on-the-ground kind of promoting and, like, social media promoting. And mm-hmm. I was really just doing it at first to go to shows for free, but I would, like... Smart. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Very smart. I had, a fr- I had a couple friends who, like, hooked me up with this gig and were like, you should do this. You're good at passing out flyers and stuff. Like, I went to a show as, like, their plus one, and they were like, here, ha- help me pl- pass out flyers at the <laughs> end of the show. And then one thing led to another. I ended up on the team, and, like, within a few months, I ended up managing the team. And all, like, all while I was living in the Burbs... Um, but going to the city, like, all the time for music stuff and also going to school at COD mm-hmm. out in the Burbs also and um, working full-time. Like, I was working between 40 and 50 hours on the ride, like, at Pop LA and just trying to pick up as many hours as I could for a few years there so I could use the money I was making to, like, just go and be in the music scene as much as possible. It was, like, right. really what got me through the days, what got me through the weeks. And uh, so it was actually my mom who first um, suggested to me, like, this is what you're what you love like why don't you follow your bliss and she Mm -hmm. used that phrase and it always stuck with me and I was like wow that's powerful (laughs) so um so yeah I started to um do the street team thing and that was definitely a grind because you don't get paid for that you get free concert tickets which like at the time was great but it was a lot um Mm -hmm. and I you know initially I had started at COD like wanting to go after a science degree um really yeah I can't even I I mean I'm not dogging your intelligence but I just can't picture yeah. Concert loving, media loving, and a scientist. Totally. And, and like, honestly, I couldn't really either. And that's why, like, when she initially suggested it to me, I was a little bit like, no, I'm doing what I'm doing. And like, I want to follow this path. And I want, I was stubborn and I wanted to make it work. But um, I thought about it a little bit more. And I started meeting some people that were like, kind of doing what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. sort of like entry level and started having conversations with people. And um, that's when I was like, all right, I'm going to like switch it up and I'm going to, um, you know, I looked at like the coursework I'd already done and I realized I was going to have to do some different things to get to where I wanted to go. But, um, I started, you know, started changing my path and, um, one thing kind of led to another, like I said, I had some really incredible people take notice of the hard work I was doing on the street team. I was working for an independent promoter called Silver Rapper. Um, some, some of y'all listening might know like the festival North coast. That's like, they're Mm -hmm. one of the main founders of North coast. Also a bunch of other stuff around the city shows and festivals and, um, all kinds of events. And, um, so, you know, I went from being like a street teamer to the street team manager to an intern, um, 
but for the first like two and a half years I really didn't get paid that like really anything um and that's kind of just how it goes like I think for most people starting out even if you do have connections I don't think a lot of people start out making money so I was um doing pop belly I was um, living in the burbs I was commuting I was trying to take as many side gigs as possible which I like we'll get into that later but yeah. it was a lot at once so um and then on top of that like just not really knowing a whole bunch of people to start um but having to just like act like I belong here. Right. I'd have to tell myself Imposter that. syndrome. Yeah, imposter syndrome. Imposter for syndrome, sure. yeah. No, for sure. Like, and I didn't know what that was called at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was like two or three years later, someone, you know, that term started getting a little bit more popular. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, that's totally what I was going through for a really long time, you know? So, and I would say that to myself. I'd be like, you belong in this room. You belong at this event. You, be- you like, you are here to meet these people and like, you're worthy of like talking to them and, you know, like all that like self-positive talk. Yeah. But, um... But yeah, it was tough like to to be there and to be young and not know a ton, not know a lot of people, not be really making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I'd see people around me like dressed in all the like best newest streetwear and like <laughs> the newest iPhone. And I'm just like, someday. <laughs> and I'm not there yet, but it's cool. Like there's other, that's not really what I'm in it for. You know, I'm in it for the music and for spreading the, spreading the joy of live events to people. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a marathon too. So it's not going to be an instant that you're going to have your dream job, but I can just see that you're literally working towards it. And mm-hmm. I admire that and I see it and a lot of us see it. Thank um, you. <laughs> so how did you cope with going to school full time and working? And you were working full. Were you going to school full time or part time? I was going to school full time at Columbia. Um, prior to that at COD, I was like on and off full time and part time. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of before I decided to do the music thing. And then I was like full time. Let's yeah. go. Like I want to get to Columbia. I want to get out of uh, community college. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to get downtown. Um, how did I cope? Like, I didn't sleep a lot. (laughs) We are, I'm literally talking to myself, literally. (laughs) Because, like, between, um, going to school, and by the time I started at Columbia, I already had the internship with Silver Rapper, so I was, like, going to school three days a week downtown, and, um, going to the office the other two days a week, and then I would spend my weekends at shows, like, the majority of the weekend days, Mm so, um, it was a lot, you know, because you have to, like... You ever seen that, like, Venn diagram where it's, like, uh, good grades, regular sleep schedule, social life, and then it's, like, pick two? Yeah. Yeah, I, like, would look at that, and I'd be, like, this, if this ain't the damn truth, <laughs> like, um, but I tried to make it all happen. I would say that the sleep schedule definitely, like, was the piece that lacked most, but, yeah. uh, but it was worth it, you know, and there was definitely stressful times, but I was also having a lot of fun, you know, and I had a lot of really still do have a lot of really amazing supporters and like a really big network of friends that I met through music and just other music lovers. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, like I just was on my grind. I did a lot of caffeine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I just tried to constantly stay working and like stay on my grind. Like when I would get a project from silver rapper, I'd be working on it in between classes. Like Mm -hmm. I was just really always, always on my laptop. Right. So, um, and I feel like that's kind of the way you have to be. Like, you just have to be down to take the opportunities and, like, the tasks that are given you and just crush it, you mm-hmm. know. And so, um, fortunately, Columbia, um, you know, like, it's an art school. So, like, the coursework was not super grueling. It right. was definitely focused more on the creative aspect. And so that kind of – that was more, like, fun and fluid than something, like, super rigorous. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to work with, like, other artists and – people who were, like, interested in doing similar things, and that was really awesome. So um, I almost felt like like the schooling that I was getting at Columbia was not really the same as, like, the schooling I was doing at COD because mm-hmm. once I got there, I was just focused on my major and minor coursework. And right. So my major was marketing, and my minor was live and performing arts management. So mm-hmm. um, there was all kinds of, like, very industry-direct um, courses involved, especially with the minor. Right. So, Yeah. So what made you choose Columbia? What what in your mindset told you that's it? That's the school I want to do and I want to go to. So um, I think that one of the main like attractions for me um, with Columbia was um, one of my mentors at Silver Rapper who ended up, she was my boss and she taught me so, so much about what I know in marketing and production work and she had gone to Columbia and, like, done the live and performing arts management major, and 
Um, I met her like before I had, I had applied to Columbia or actually I don't think I had applied yet. I was like thinking about applying and I had met her and I had seen like, this is the course she did. I know that, um, my, one of my other mentors there, like did their, did his master's there. And I was just like, so inspired by these people and what they were doing. And I was like, these, I want to be in with these people. Mm -hmm. Like I want to work for them. Like what they're doing is so dope. You know, like a team of like eight, actually at the time I think it was like six people, not even all full-time, um, producing, like, major festivals and, like, events all over the city. And I was like, this is an incredible, inspiring team. So Columbia just kind of seemed like the natural, like, um, it's, like, the one of the big, like, Chicago music, media, art schools. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, right downtown. And I just, like, knew a number of people that went there. But mainly those two people that were, like, such huge, huge examples for me. Um, so I started to work in, look into the coursework. And, like I said, like, so many relevant courses, like... Uh, talent management, producing and touring, um, like just a whole bunch of other, you know, really um, exciting looking courses. And I was like, this is where I need to be. Right. You know? That's so. awesome. That's great. Mm-hmm. I, I know a couple of people who go to Columbia and I get a little bit jealous because <laughs> the coursework is more interactive. You're focused on, you know, the creativity and, you know, the the experience Whereas I go to UIC, it's, okay, turn in this paper, you need this grade, you got to pass this course. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, like sometimes I feel like I wish I chose a school like Columbia, but at the end of the day, like, this is like just advice to our listeners, just because there's a lot of people who graduated college or in college or going to grad school, you know, college is what you make of it. Mm -hmm. And this kind of segues into my next question is that I call us super seniors, because you didn't get your degree in four years. Mm-hmm. I'm still in college. I'm 24. You know, like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a while. Not everybody finishes within four years. Mm-hmm. And you can still have a good college experience. It just doesn't have to be the stereotypical four years on campus, frat, sorority, party on the weekends, all that crap, you know, straight-A student, all that. Mm-hmm. You know, we had to grind. We had the hustle. So during college i didn't know exactly what i wanted to do with my career so i coached basketball on the side i did photography on the side um i had a couple internships with the bull sex academy with chicago sky and then i just realized i don't want to work in sports anymore (laughs) i love sports but i felt i felt like if i worked in sports my love for them would just go away Mm -hmm. so that's how i dibbled and dabbled into media and if i would have gone to college for just four years and just stuck with that i probably wouldn't be doing this podcast i probably wouldn't have this amazing media internship that i have that i love that i want to um pursue as a full-time career and i just love that here we are didn't get our degree in four years and we're still doing what we like to do yeah you know um what advice do you have to people who are in college right now or are finishing right now? Um, first of all, I think that the whole like four years in and out is such a scam. Yes. <laughs> I've actually heard from teachers I had at Columbia um, that, uh, and this isn't just Columbia, this is like, you know, like pretty much in general for colleges, like college students, that the new statistic is actually, it's more of like a six year average now, Mm -hmm. which honestly made me feel great because it took me, I think a little over six years all in, um, to finish my bachelor's and like, there's no, there's no for sure rush. Like everyone's situation is different, but I, for one, am really fortunate that I, um, followed the course that I did. I definitely got down on myself a lot of different times throughout that course because there is all this pressure to like perform based on society's expectations mm-hmm. or like maybe our parents or whatever colleagues, family. Um, Comparison. And, yes, exactly. And it's just like we're all on our own paths. Um, and I really don't think you can like, this is going to sound cliche, but you, I really don't think you can like rush your destiny. You know, like I think it's better to just take your time and figure out what you want, what you're good at, like what inspires you. Um, because like I said, you know, you had said that you were working in sports and you love sports, but you didn't want to get burnt out on it and stop loving it because you were working in it. And like, that's kind of how I felt with like my initial, um, like my initial path of science was that I loved it, but like, I just wasn't the right person to be in that industry. Mm -hmm. You know, like I love learning about it. I loved the coursework. I did great in school, but I was just like not really fully in it mentally 
And I realized, like, I'm just going to get burnt out and not enjoy this, you know? Right. So I, number, you know, and then number two, like, if you feel like you need to pivot, like, pivot, you know? Because mm. it's better to pivot now than to pivot, you know, when 10 years settled. from now. Yeah. yeah, when it's a lot harder to do that. Yeah. Um, but by all means, if in 10 years you want to pivot then, pivot then too. <laughs> That's, again, another great piece of advice I got from a panel speaker I had at Columbia was that you might not really figure out what you want to do until you're in your 50s. So, like try try different things you know and um so for college students now i would say like these are definitely a little bit of scary times that we're in but i some of the greatest uh words of advice i ever got from one of my mentors was just to trust the process and that's kind of like a piece of advice that i've clung to throughout all the difficult times in my career and there have been some you know i'll talk about some stuff later on too that really made me feel like i don't know if this is gonna work you know but Mm -hmm. it's it's working and all i had to do was just I say it like all I had to do. I had to believe in myself. It's not necessarily always easy, but if you trust the process and you believe that, like, you really can do whatever you want, if you just believe it and you just work towards it, like, you can. Right. So um, don't be afraid to change it up. Don't be afraid to take a little longer. Just do you and Mm -hmm. don't worry about the expectations of others. It's so much easier said than done, but, like, say it to yourself every day and, like, Mm -hmm. you're going to find that you're living it. Right. So, man, you're already answering questions <laughs> that I haven't even asked. I'm like, all right, so we're just going to wrap it up right now. <laughs> it's okay. I'll just, I'll just, I'll pivot and come up with something no, different. No, you're good. I love it. I love how you have a lot to say. And I feel, so this season of, you know, All in the Fam is about adulthood. Man, I did, I coined it adulthood 101 because many of us graduated college, going to grad school. So it just seems like a course. And I feel like being in our young 20s, mid 20s, um, approaching the late 20s, it's tough navigating adulthood. And there is no right way. Like I, I said in a previous episode, the way I'm going through adulthood right now is you learn from it, you grow from it, and you reflect. Like I love that, that. that that's how that's how I'm approaching situations and I'm still failing and I'm still fucking things up. But at the <laughs> end of the day, what do you learn from it? How are you gonna grow from it? And what can you reflect on that? So that's just like my mindset of going in. So I kinda wanna unpack what you said that you are doubtful about yourselves about yourself at sometimes. What are some things that I know you said um you just you you basically said that you had to say positive affirmations mm-hmm. every day to yourself. Mm-hmm. What are some other things that you did that, if it was tangible or or if, or if it was in your mindset, what are some other things that you did to get out of that doubt? Well, um, a lot of it, a lot of it was definitely the self talk. Like that's so important. Um, a lot of it was also just talking to people who I trust and like really leaning on my support system because mm-hmm. I've had a lot of really great supporters and people who are like, dude, even if you don't believe in yourself, I believe in you and right. whatever you think you can't do, you're already doing it. So just keep doing it. That's and, true. and hearing like affirmations like that are so valuable. Um, and, um, but aside from that, like a lot of it did have, you know, I had to kind of like change my lifestyle, like coming from, I had worked at Pop Alley for seven years and I had like really gotten used to, um, that lifestyle of working like a 40 to 50 hour work week at a restaurant and then just like, you know, going out and seeing shows and stuff on the side and, and like, I wasn't really doing a whole lot for me and like to honor like my temple and to honor my mind and like, right. It wasn't until I started like working more into the in the arts when I um, started adopting different practices. Like I got really into yoga, um, which like is not just like a physical activity, but it's a it's a spiritual activity. So like that has really transformed my life. Um, I started exercising and taking care of my body again. Um, I started caring a lot more about like what I was eating and drinking and putting into my body and like really Mm -hmm. just started like after after college or in like even in college like I was not really like taking the best care of myself so once I finished college and was like getting into the end of like the full-time aspect of my career definitely still a lot of self-doubt definitely still a lot of adjustment especially like now that it's like okay it's game time like Mm -hmm. you're a full-time employee now but I really started to like see the example that was being set for me by other people I was working with which was like you don't need to, like, uh, be out drinking and, like, be out partying at these events. Like, you can actually just be there and just chill and, like, absorb what's going on, network, take right. care of yourself, go to sleep, like, leave a show early, whatever it might be, you know. And um, just kind of started, like, looking at things differently and, and more as um, a career and less of, like, an, like a hobby, you mm-hmm. know. 
Um, so a lot of that stuff, journaling, I think helped me a lot too. I'm a really, uh, like socially driven person. So Mm -hmm. having like a network in a community and people I can connect with and people I can relate to and who I can ask about their experiences, like that's always been really important to me. And that's always helped me through whatever, like maybe negativity I might've been experiencing at the time and kind of helped me redirect. Right. That's good. That's good. So I'm glad that you, you, first of all, you put your mental health in check Mm -hmm. because though this episode is about hustling. Yeah. America is such a go, 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 don't stop, I got to get to it society. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have speakers like, do you know who Gary Vaynerchuk is? Mm-mm. So he's a motivational speaker. He, he also owns like this um, huge advertising or marketing firm or something. And he gives a lot of speeches about hustling, which is great. Um, and I, I don't think he, I don't think he realizes it but i feel like a lot of his rhetoric is you have to keep going you have to keep going Mm -hmm. um and then there's there's some videos where you know he does talk about mental health and stuff but it's like there's people out there who think that if you don't get it it's not going to get done in, in in a certain time in a certain amount of time and I feel like more people need to focus about their mental health. Like, you can definitely have all these side jobs, all these side hustles, um, be super ambitious and um, have all these aspirations. But if you don't check yourself, you're going to burn out. And that's something Mm -hmm. that hindered me. It's a fucking fly. (laughs) That's something that hindered me, I want to say, two years ago where I would just wasn't sleeping because mm-hmm. I was working. I had an internship, had school full time. I also mm-hmm. uh, did Uber and Lyft. Mm-hmm. And where is the money with Uber and Lyft? At nights, on totally. the weekends. Totally. I would sacrifice my sleep so I can get money at night, um, side hustling. And, like, you can ask my friends. Like, my roommates at the time, they were seriously worried for my health. They're like, mm-hmm. we are not sleeping. I would get sick all the time. I'm like, how am I getting sick? Because I'm eating fast food, not working out, not mm-hmm. sleeping. Mm-hmm. And the Brianna today that you know, completely opposite. Yep. Constantly working out, constantly <laughs> eating healthy. I still drink here and there. And, you know, I like some burgers here and there. But, like, <laughs> what I was two years ago, completely different. Why? Because I realized that I just didn't have time for burnout. Yeah. And I feel like when we're just in this hustle culture, we lose focus of ourselves and we're so focused on the end goal and we're not like in the present Mm -hmm. um so i'm glad that you touched on you know ways that you checked your mental health and stuff like that yeah it's so important and like Mm -hmm. a lot of what you're saying i can relate like 100 percent to one of the first things that um i did like a informational interview in college with um someone who was in a position that i hope to someday be in um and actually actually i'm pretty close to it now (laughs) which is cool to reflect on but one of the things that he had said to me was like, be prepared to work more than 40 hours. Like you're not really going to work a 40 hour work week in this industry. Oh, definitely. I was like, oh shit. Okay. (laughs) So like, I I feel like I took those words to heart and I was like, I'm going to have to move some things around if this is going to work for me. Cause I want to do, I don't want to just do do this job. I want to crush this job. Like I want to like, whatever you're going to do, like do it 100, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. so I, and I like that because I didn't like working at Potbelly. (laughs) <laughs> and I and you you were my boss. So when you left, because of your work ethic, I instilled that into myself. And then I also became a shift lead. After yeah, you left. yeah, yeah. So when I got that promotion, I was like, man, okay, this kind of <laughs> feels good. Yeah, don't want to be here forever, but that gave me a little confidence to myself. And you know that if I don't if I didn't get that promotion, I don't think I would have the confidence to be like, oh, you know what. Maybe I can do things that I never thought I could do. Because mm-hmm. that was the first management position I had, mm-hmm. you know. So. That's great. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So, now, where do you want to be in your career? Like, what's what's next for you? Well, um. I know, I know, I know it's a loaded <laughs> question because of COVID-19 yeah. and, yeah. I would just say, okay, so this is maybe going to sound like a little cheesy, but, um, you know, I, thinking about like what my goals are, um, 
So I was a really big Drake fan in high school, right? Not okay, that, Not that okay. I'm, like, not still a Drake fan, but, like, I was a really big Drake fan in high school. And he has this song, like, one of his earlier EPs or something called Successful. And, like, yep. I always had these lyrics from, like, a really young age, like, maybe 15 or so. Um, like, I just want to be successful. And, like, it would just, like, be in my head all the time. And, like, this date's still in my head all the time. Mm-hmm. And I always just had this idea of, like, I want to be successful. And I didn't really put the pressure on myself at that time, which was a great idea, actually, in retrospect, to, like, necessarily need that to be fully defined. Mm-hmm. I just knew that I wanted to get to a point where I felt confident, I felt successful, right. you know. And, um, and I just clung to that. I really, really did. And... I'd say that, you know, success now, like, looks different than it did for me, like, three years ago, and it will probably look different Mm -hmm. again in three more years, but really, like, I feel like I'm on the path I want to be on, like, I would really like to um, be, like, I think about it in terms of, you know, my job title now, I'm a marketing coordinator and a, a publicist, and... I never really expected to be a publicist. That was just kind of a job I came into when I when I uh, came over to Metro. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd really like to be in charge of marketing, you know, at, like, wherever I end up. Like, I'd love to be a marketing director. I'd love to be leading a team under me. I've been at independent companies the entirety of my music industry career. Mm-hmm. And, like, as you know, like, you met me as a manager. And right. I love managing people. Mm-hmm. Um, You're good at it. Thank you. I, <laughs> I feel like... You know, I actually took a management course in college, and there's, like, different styles of managers, and I immediately knew what style I was when I learned about them, and it was kind of the one that's, like, you know, um, strict but fair and, like, friendly Mm -hmm. and, like, wants the team to look at them as, like, um, you know, like, as as their friend, kind of, but also, like, as... um, somebody to take direction from but right. not, not necessarily like a boss mm-hmm. I never really like vibed with that word very much so true um but yeah so I would say that like I really just want to keep leveling up like that's my main goal is I'm on an uh, eternal quest for knowledge I really want to just become more skilled and now that I'm uh I've been working on some projects some PR products since COVID hit with uh the something called the state save our stages campaign which i we can talk about in a little bit yeah but, for sure um i would ask she was gonna ask you about yeah that. yeah because you know i've been about vocal yep. <laughs> yeah so but i've been like doing this is definitely the most important story and like uh pr work that i've done so now i'm like really interested in how am i gonna become like a really great publicist you know mm-hmm. and and with all of the other like political movements happening right now like now I'm the most interested I've been in politics in a long time. And mm-hmm, like, really, yeah, I see you. My friends call me a baby activist and shit. I was like, okay, you are not, you are not a baby. You are not a baby. You are a straight up activist and, Thank a, you, and a freedom fighter. And it's so amazing. You're organizing shit. Like I see you. <laughs> it's you. really, really great. And I am going to make it out to one of them uh, at some point. Um, but yeah. And so now I'm like, okay, I want to learn a lot more about uh, politics and I want to mm-hmm. learn a lot more about how all of these things work and, and like advocacy. And so I really just want to like constantly become a better rounded um, professional. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that comes in a lot of different forms and with studying a lot of different subject matter and meeting a lot of different people. So I really love what I'm doing right now. I don't know if it's what I'm going to do forever. I feel like I'm being called in a lot of different directions, especially since the pandemic hit. I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, it might be a while till live events resume. Like, what am I going to do in the meantime? How am am I going to stay learning and stay active? And um, so, you know, with everything going on right now and, like, being involved in um, a lot of the political movements that are happening, like, that's been super inspiring to me and, um, I'm still trying to find ways to learn and, you know, like webinars and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like things that I can kind of do, like, even though I'm not in school to, um, further my education so that whenever things do resume, like I can say, Hey, I studied all this different stuff. And like, I have a bunch of ideas. I have new platforms I want to try, like, right. you know, so, um, but yeah, I would say just continue to level up. Um, I want to end up with a team under me, like who knows, maybe someday I'll start a, start a business. Like my entrepreneurship runs in my family Mm -hmm. and um I feel like there's been like this idea in my head that maybe someday like I'll have my own business but we'll see we'll see it's something where I want to learn as much as I can from other people before I like think about you know stepping way out of the comfort zone but that's awesome so uh tell me about the what is it called save our stages yeah so um with the COVID-19 closures um pretty much everywhere. I mean, like there's some states that have started to do some live events, but 
you are all seeing how that's working out. Yeah. <laughs> and they're but, closing back down. <laughs> yep. um, so there are over um, 2,000 independent venues, promoters, and festivals that are now um, a part of what's called this organization, this grassroots organization that's only existed for a little over maybe like 10, 12 weeks now. Um, called oh, the wow. Na- Yeah, it's, it's very new. Um, and it's accomplished so much already. But it's called the National Independent Venue Association, or NIVA for short. And... Um, like over the course of that, you know, this many weeks, we've grown 2,000 members strong nationwide, all 50 states and DC. Um, and basically, we are leading uh, this grassroots uh, campaign to lobby for support and mm-hmm. relief, fed, uh, financial relief for these independent entities that are at great risk of closure since we don't know when we're going to go back. You know, we don't right. know when we're coming back. And we were some of the first businesses to close, being that yeah. we depend on large crowds um, mm-hmm. to make money. And we are some going to be some of the last to reopen, and uh, it's just really scary times because even though there's absolutely no revenue coming in for the majority of these clubs, um, there's still bills to be paid. Like none of the right. bills have stopped. So, um, just all kinds of legendary venues all over the country are like in very dire situations. My workplace is included. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's been a lot of really great work happening behind the scenes. Um, the Save Our Stages campaign is. A movement that we've pushed out to the public asking for support from fans, from artists. Um, there was even a letter that went out this week to Congress from various music industry giants like ASCAP and BMI and Spotify okay. and like a bunch of other huge conglomerates that mm-hmm. um, are supporting the efforts. Um, there was also a letter that went out like two or three weeks ago. Over 600 really famous artists, both music, comedy, um, signed this letter to Congress. And there's just been like such a huge push we surpassed 1 million calls and emails to uh, representatives from fans this this week um, in support wow. of the legislation that's currently in Congress that we're hoping will get passed that um, will help save the independent uh, venues and, and promoters and festivals that are depending on it. So that's called the Restart Act. And honestly, by the time that this podcast goes live, like we'll see what happens. Right. But it's feeling good. It's feeling like there's a lot of momentum behind it. And it's been really incredible to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. I've been uh, involved since like about the third week. And okay. at that time, it was still really small. But um, And what exactly is your role? I'm, I'm not sure if you mentioned that. So I'm. it's technically just like a grassroots like organization. Like it's a type of nonprofit. So it's not like a job. It's okay. really just like an advocacy, okay. like volunteer position. But everyone involved with all the, you know, venues um, who are participating is playing some kind of role, whether gotcha. it's just like posting on their own social media or like for me, I'm I'm pretty much running point on the marketing aspect from Metro Smart Bar and G Man Tavern. Right. So, um, you know, and we've got a pretty large fan base, so it's it's been really incredible to see the support from mm-hmm. from our fans. And I wish I knew the exact number from our people. It doesn't really work that way though, because everyone's just directed to the same website. But yeah. Um, but Illinois is currently in second place for the most uh, outreach to representatives in the entire country. That's ahead of New York. Y'all. Okay. So something positive <laughs> about this damn state. Yeah. <laughs> so we're only second to California. Um, but it's you know we've we just had one of our senators, Tammy Duckworth, sign on, and it's looking positive for our other for mm. Dick Durbin to sign on. So that's huge. And like basically what we're trying to do is just tell our representatives like, hey. We're going to close if y'all don't help us. Literally. Like, we need help. Yeah. And it's not just us. It's every, all these people, all of these, you know, venues and mm-hmm. entities throughout the country. So um, we're just asking people to go to SaveOurStages.com. And there's a really easy form to fill out there. And, you know, if you love live music, like, you love independent venues. Because that's yeah. where big artists get their start. Mm-hmm. I um, mean, shoot, like, my company, we've been affected too. Like, even oh, yeah. though we own um, an NPR affiliate and we are a radio station, we hold events a mm-hmm. big portion of our revenue comes from events and that's just cut you know i was supposed to work at lala this year in pitchfork in riot fest mm-hmm. nope nope mm-hmm. nope mm-hmm. gone so now i'm stuck at home doing data analytics which is fine i'm still getting <laughs> paid but i wanted to work you know those events so and it's just sad to see and i feel like working in events in media um Really? Who, who, <laughs> who was at the door? <laughs> I feel like working at those in these positions, 
is such a dream for people and then just to see this virus just affect so many lives i mean it's it's out of our control and we shouldn't really complain especially you not you and i because we're healthy mm-hmm. you know we're sitting in front of each other healthy mm-hmm. um but it's just sad to see that so i'm so glad that you know you're doing something you're stepping up um to save these venues because you know concerts it's a it's a big revenue in the united states and people love their concerts too so what's the name of the uh of the website again save our and also um the hashtag affiliated with it is hashtag save our stages okay. and honestly if you look it up on like instagram you'll see so many so many posts from so many artists um it's been really inspiring to see how many people have backed this the cause especially from how small it was just like two months ago mm-hmm um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it would be a sad world without all the independent entities. Like yeah. you'd basically be left with Live Nation and AEG and that would look very, very different. True. So it felt good to be, it feels good to be involved, but you know, like we're talking about hustling and like when everything shut down, it was just like, okay, we're postponing shows. We're canceling shows. Like literally my job for like a month was just like postponing and canceling and like <sighs> emailing ticket buyers and announcing stuff and it was just like so depressing so to have this organization kind of rise from the ashes and be like all right but what are we gonna do because we can't just stand back and like let our industry crumble because it will so um i pretty much hopped on board immediately and was like what can i do how can i be helpful you know and um kind of found different ways to be involved um and it's been super inspiring and and like i said Mm -hmm. now it's kind of showed me that maybe i have a passion for advocacy too like right so it's crazy. And I <laughs> and that's just our work ethic. You yeah. know, I was unemployed too from my other job. Um, we're opening up back now, but I was just so active in advocacy and I don't think I would if I had, you know, both my jobs at the same time. Now that right. we have all this free time and we realize that the world is much bigger than ourselves, mm-hmm. what can we do? To make the world a better place. Absolutely. Whether it's being an advocate, whether it's fundraising, donating, educating yourself mm-hmm. on whatever cause it is, you know, um, I kind of think this quarantine is a blessing in disguise, um, but it still hurt a lot of people. Um, but yeah, given that we're still, you know, in social distancing and, you know, there's still all these laws where, you know, you can't go places and stuff like that and people are unemployed and people are getting re-unemployed now that clo- states are closing again. What are some what are some side hustle jobs that you think that people should start doing um, from home if they can? Ooh, well, this is an interesting one because I've been talking about this with friends, and um, I would say like people don't necessarily realize that they've got hidden talents, and I think that mm-hmm. like I'm a big fan of the side hustle uh, industry, you know, and like I. Most of my side, side hustles have been related to, like, my main work, like, where I'll just be like, oh, you want to do, like, you want um, some brand consulting or yeah. um, you want me to, like, run a marketing campaign for, like, your band or something like that. Like, I'm down to do that. But I've also got friends who are um, talented at, like, various kinds of art, you know, who are um, selling their paintings or, like, taking the time mm-hmm. uh, now to lean more into their creative side and yeah. like making money on it. Um, a lot, I think like tutoring people on various skills that you might have is a really uh, unique way to yeah. not only um, make some extra money, but like tap into like your um, creative side and, and like continue to learn and, mm-hmm. and hone some skills you may already have. Um, <laughs> I know a lot of people who are also just like saying fuck it and going to work for Amazon right now, which like, <laughs> I mean, do what you got to do, but, um, you know, no judgment here, but like there's definitely landscape is changing for sure. You know, like things that we relied on before, like Uber, it's like people aren't really Ubering right now. So I know a lot of people who are doing like delivery gigs now because people are afraid to leave their houses, you know, Uber Ease, Grubhub, that I would suggest that would be the first thing people should do Mm -hmm. because you don't have to have anybody in your car mm-hmm. you just drop it off at your door like they'll tip you yeah um, i think that's a nice little side hustle yeah yeah totally mm-hmm. but um but yeah i think uh i think it's i think that people can turn it into an opportunity too by like thinking like okay well what am i good at that i've maybe never considered that i could make money off of mm-hmm. before because there are things you know oh, yeah. so um i know right now a lot of my musician friends have pivoted and are like uh teaching people uh, lessons like over mm-hmm. zoom or, you know, whatever, doing it virtually. And yeah. like, 
that's how they're staying afloat right now. Yeah. And I think that's really cool because so many people have time to learn an instrument now. Yep, exactly. I know I have been. Exactly. So. <laughs> I've, I've had two people contact me asking, Brie, how do you start a podcast? Mm-hmm. Like, and a lot of them, they didn't know that I could do all this stuff. I was like, yeah, because now I have the time. So that's why I'm investing all, all this time. Hell yeah. And, you know, they're asking me for advice and what equipment and software and all this and that. And before we even started having this conversation in my head, I was like, I should probably be charging people you yeah. know, to make my little <laughs> podcasting course. And I'm still learning as I'm going, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like how you say that people can get in touch with their creative side and figure out that what can they do to make money that they didn't even know that they could, you know? Exactly. And I think this is the perfect time to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But For yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. So as we conclude, I love, well, I don't know, like, personally what's going on in your head, but it seems like you are staying grounded during these times and keep pushing forward. What advice do you have for people who are, you know, going through this economy right now? Well, it ain't over till it's over. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Those words, trust the process, come into my head daily. And like I said, like that's something that someone said to me. One of my mentors said to me um, when I was like first starting out and, you know, going through the self-doubt and everything. And um, I've just really found myself revisiting those over and over again. And it's it's tough right now. And like I feel people's pain you know I'm in a situation where I don't know when I'm gonna go back to work Mm -hmm. um which is scary and like contemplating the possibility that I may have to find a new industry like at least for a period of time if things don't come back right away or like depending on what happens but um I definitely fell into a little bit of um you know a tough time like recently when things really started to look grim for music and, and in general like for with COVID but I think that kind of what brought me back was just remembering that I've been through a lot before, you know, and I've always Mm -hmm. been okay. Something my mom would always tell me is like, I've been through a lot and it's always, it's always turned out okay, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, if you're breathing and you've got, um, you know, your basic needs taken care of, you're, you're going to be okay. And you're already ahead of so many, not that it's about being ahead or behind, but you're already in a better position than a lot of people on this planet. So like just remembering that we're in a society where we do make shit happen, you Mm -hmm. know? And like, we do live in this hustle culture. And I do think that, you know, it's got its, its benefits and its detriment, but also like one thing is for sure that we will survive this. Like we're going to be okay, you know? So just really keeping the faith, trusting the process and understanding that like, you know, in crazy times like this, oftentimes really great new innovations come from it. People find new paths. Mm-hmm. People pursue new avenues and find new hobbies, find things, find out things about themselves that they didn't know before. I'm, I know I have. Um, and I think that, like you said, the quarantine's like a little bit of a blessing in disguise. I feel the same way, mm-hmm. even though it's been rough and I'm sure the difficulties are nowhere, you know, near being over, but Um, I have really found time to like focus on me and focus on, you know, like self-reflection and self-care and, and new creative like activities. And all of that's really helped me cope with like the reality of the situation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and I'm thinking about like maybe next year, like depending on what happens, maybe I think about furthering my education, you know, or maybe I think about dropping down to part-time work so I can do that for a little while or, um, like looking at, um, potential other opportunities, you know, like it really just depends. Like I love what I'm doing now, but I'm also not afraid to see what the future might hold, you know? And I think that that's kind of what people should try to embrace is that like what you have had is what you're comfortable with. And like, a lot of that is taken away from us right now in different aspects. So people are like very uncomfortable and, and, I always say that growth only happens outside of the comfort zone. So just get comfortable being outside of the comfort Mm -hmm. zone, you know, and you probably won't get comfortable, but you will grow. Right. So just remember that and, and have some faith in yourself, you know, and even when you can't really feel it, like say it anyway, write Mm -hmm. it down because that shit works. Yeah. I can yeah. testify to that. Can you uh, can you do a TED talk? Because I can listen to you speak all day. I'm over here oh like, my gosh. wow. 
<laughs> he has so much insight. <laughs> I feel like I talk too much, so that's nice to No, hear. this is perfect. This is perfect. It's funny because a lot of my friends are like, why are you doing a podcast? You don't even like to talk. I was like, but I like other people when they talk. If it's relevant. Now, if you just ramble and ramble, I'll get annoyed. But this is <laughs> this is substance. I, what, you ha- what you have to say is important, and I think it's going to touch a lot of people. So, I appreciate that. I hope so. That's that's if anybody's familiar with like the Myers Briggs personality types, my type is called the inspirer. And yep. like, when I, I learned that, that, I was like, that makes so much sense because <laughs> not only do I like to inspire other people, but I crave being inspired by other right. people. So like inspiration and intuition are like very mm-hmm. important to me. And so like stuff like like an opportunity like this really means a lot. Yeah. So I hope that people take something away from it. And I hope that if anybody has like questions or want some guidance that they feel that they could reach out to me and you know like I'd be happy to talk to anybody awesome (laughs) well Anna we do have to uh conclude I'm so glad you came to do this podcast I think again what you had to say was very inspirational and it's going to touch people um but yeah drop what uh can you say the um the hashtag and the website one more time for listeners yes um so the save our stages campaign you can uh take 30 seconds there's a form on saveourstages.com and that will uh go straight to your district's representatives and your state senators um to support the campaign the hashtag is hashtag save our stages and uh if anybody would like to reach out to me personally um you can find my instagram it's at underscore like snow, like gold. And it's just spelled normally. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, everybody, that concludes episode six. Um, I spoke with Anna Garrett and I'm Brianna Sharif signing off. That's up episode six. I hope you guys gained some insight and perspective on what Anna had to say about hustling. And I also want to remind you guys just to be kind to others because you just don't know what they're going through to get by. Um, especially during these times. Times are hard for some people. And if you're privileged to have, you know, a full-time job or even a part-time job, um, a roof over your head, some type of steady income, maybe you should count your blessings and be thankful. Um, I know it's hard because life isn't where we want it to be right now socially and plans may have been altered, whatever, but Maybe you should take the chance to to pay it forward. You know, I'm in a position where I have a full-time job, roof over my head, stable income, I'm blessed. And I paid it forward to a couple of friends. You know, they didn't ask, but I just did it. Because in times like these, it's 100% amazing for people to pay it forward and be selfless. So maybe you should think about if there's anybody in your life that you can help um, with money or um, with giving donations, anything, um, take a, take a look into your, into your heart with that. So on Wednesday, September 23rd, I'll be talking to my mom. We are going to be talking about the generational differences between my generation and her generation. And we're going to piggyback each other and give each other some advice and feedback and also figure out which generation, um, is the best dancer. So we're going to, we're going to unpack that next Wednesday. I will be producing a video about budgeting because I'm still working on my budget and I think a lot of people need to work on their budgets and you know this season is all about adulting 101 so I want to help you guys become financial literate uh, literate not illiterate literate <laughs> um so yeah that that wraps it up thank you guys for tuning in I'm your host Brianna Cherie signing off